Whether you've been practicing for a week or whether you've been practicing for many years, if you're like me, Zen can make your head hurt. We've left the monks outside of the room and we've locked the door. It's time for us, members of the Sangha, to get together and just talk about life in the Dharma. Welcome to Voices of the Sangha. This is Juan Rim. And this is Day G. Join us each show as members of Dharmagate Zen talk about living life with the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. So yesterday I was with um, a group of folks here at the Zen Center, and we were talking about this um, story from the Pali Canon, the Salata Sutra. And it's better known as um, the Second Arrow Parable, right? Maybe you're familiar with this. Um, it's the idea, you know, that um, the Buddha says, so what's the difference between, you know, like a wise, noble follower and, and you know, your everyday, ordinary person? Um, because both, you know, experience pain and hardship and so on and so forth. And, you know, the followers are like, well, I don't know. Please tell us, Lord Buddha. And so he says, well, um, you know, the ordinary person, um, when they're struck with an arrow, they feel, well, it brings in the arrow later. But anyways, I'm paraphrasing. So when they're struck with an arrow, you know, they not only feel the pain of the arrow, but then they go on to you know, sense a sense of judgment and regret and, um, you know, do things like uh, blame themselves, like, why why did I get struck with this arrow? And so he says, you know, that's like two arrows, right? The first arrow we are hit by. And then the second arrow is, you know, all of the attachment that we have to what just took place. And so for I think many of us, the idea is that um, when we experience something that's difficult, we then add to it and create multiple arrows by saying, oh, you know, why why did this happen to me? And, you know, how should I have done things differently and start second guessing ourselves and saying things to ourselves like, oh, I'm such a bad Buddhist. I can't even like let go of this. And that adds to more arrows like, oh, I'm even a worse Buddhist because I'm calling myself a bad Buddhist, right? And I, I feel like I, I, I shoot myself with many, many arrows throughout every day. And so I was with this group and one person said, well, how do you just stick with one arrow? <laughs> and I said, well, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't have the answer to that, but I'm hoping that maybe somebody <laughs> here does. Well, I think that's if you having one arrow is, I think, almost a similar kind of a topic of many of the teachings that we have, such as we've talked about being awake. You know, having one arrow all the time, if any arrow, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, is is like. Being awake at every moment and and being a good person at every moment, it's it's that that's a very that's a very deep thing to be able to do. That that's a tough thing to be able to do, and to recognize that. And I think sometimes recognizing that having one arrow may never be a realistic thing, but minimizing them <clears throat> is very realistic. 
and if you normally have seven in your heart, <laughs> knock it down to two or three at least, or, and, and build off that and continue, just like all of our practice. It's just, just practice, practice yes. to, to relieve the number of arrows that you say, you know, you, you throw an extra one in just for comfort, because sometimes we're more comfortable with multiple arrows. If there's just one, it's not, not comfortable to us, just like many things, you know. We, sometimes... You know, the, the, sometimes people are not comfortable without drama in their lives. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are mm-hmm. not comfortable not being sad. Mm-hmm. Some people are not comfortable at different mm-hmm. points mm-hmm. in their life, and mm-hmm. it, it, that's quite often what we have to work through. So, so an arrow is a worry? It's an arrow. It's a worry, a concern? Well, it could be anything. Right. It could be, you know, it could be anything from, you know, when you're sitting down and meditating and you're having a hard time meditating and then you start to add to that by going, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not a good meditator? It becomes beating yourself up. Criticism. Yeah. yeah. In the last couple months since my son was born, I found myself shooting myself in the foot multiple times. Mm. And there are times where I just have to stop and literally yell stop in my head mm. and shut everything up. Mm. It's like he's at one or two air, one, two, three arrows. That's comfortable. Those are the things you really can't deal with at that moment, but stop compiling it. So you're the one that's kind of shooting the arrow. Yeah, you, yeah. you literally yeah, just... Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Not, not only are you receiving the arrows, you're also the archer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 life hits yeah. you with the arrow, and then you go, well, why me? What did I do? And then you start reflecting on the rest of your week, and that all hits you, and you're going, no, 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 stop. <laughs> a lot of times we have choices of what we collect in our day. Some people collect very bad things throughout the day. They notice, I mean, what is our day? What do we notice throughout the day? And we notice very bad things, or we can notice very good things. Which do you wish to collect at the end of the day and reflect on? And, and I've certainly had days where I, I look at, you know, it's 6 o'clock end of the day, and I'm like, here's all the things that happened today, and not one of them was positive, although there are positive things. And it's, it's kind of flipping that switch, so wait a minute, and, and trying to say, next, tomorrow, <laughs> next day, it's all positive. I'll just let the negative go. But sometimes that's a mental switch you have to flip, because sometimes I think it's natural for us to hold on to those negative things and collect them. And, I, and this is something I've always said to myself, what, are, what am I collecting today? Mm-hmm. A lot of those arrows can be habitual mm-hmm. thought patterns. Yeah. Some of them just, you know, the way you were raised, maybe, you know, it's a guilt thing, you know, you, or, you know, oh, I'm never good enough, or, you know, there's always so much of it, I think, is yeah. habitual thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, you get into a situation and then it's like, what did I say? I said the wrong thing, or I did the wrong thing, or I should have done it this way, or, you know, always beating ourselves up. Also, going day to day, if you notice patterns where it's the same event, and you've got that giant negative list, at that point you go, okay, what are the ones that are day to day, they're constantly reoccurring, those are the ones I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. Because those are just going to keep happening, and hitting me, and hitting me, and hitting me, and eventually you're just going to wear yourself out. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, um, I've been journaling for about 30 years, and when I start projects, um, I'll often write about them, and if I go through 30 years, I'll see how things have failed, (laughs) and I'll notice 
the same things that I did over and over again. I can see the patterns. I think one of the biggest, I mean, rather than just, I mean, I I do enjoy looking back and, you know, this is what happened when we, you know, when, um, you know, we brought my daughter home and, uh, or, you know, just moments in life. But ultimately, it's, I have found through the years just that recognizing the patterns has has been just very helpful. Mm -hmm. Just to, if you don't recognize them, you can't break them, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. so there are tendencies and yeah. common... Uh, yeah, or same result over and over yeah. again when I do something. Like, Ruts, maybe. Interesting. <laughs> you gotta what is that? Them. You gotta break them. Yeah. 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 Why Why is that? Why, mm-hmm. why Why? does this always go this way? You know, it's, yeah. it's me. <laughs> I mean, there may have been different people, but it was me. You know, it's the same result. Well, sometimes an arrow really is an arrow, but... Mm-hmm. I mean... Life is suffering. That's what the Buddha mm-hmm. says, right? And a lot of people come to this practice because they really are suffering. Now, maybe it's in their head, but maybe it's not. I mean, somebody with cancer or somebody who lost a loved one or, you know, had a horrible situation happen in their life where they lost their career or whatever, you know, that causes a great deal of suffering. And you might say, well, that's all in their head. They don't have to let that bother them. But sometimes the arrow is real. I mean, it actually mm-hmm. inflicts pain, real mm-hmm. physical pain. Mm-hmm. And whether it's in your head or whether it's in your bones, I guess the practice tries to ameliorate that, mm-hmm. you know, one way or another. And meditation tries to get you to develop a different awareness, I guess, you know, so you can manage it and deal with it. And meditation at the beginning is a great deal of suffering. You know, when you start, it's hard. It, it creates its own form of suffering, you know, so it's kind of self-perpetuating. And then you get to a point where you get better at it. It takes a long time for some people, other people not so much, but regardless, it takes a while. And then the meditation gets easier, and you have a second problem or a second arrow in that you become prideful of how good your meditation has become. Mm. and how well you've overcome the suffering of the meditation so now you're attached to your ability to detach no <laughs> so, it's, so, it's, so it's a head trip okay it's an ego thing yeah and you get lost in that so you become attached to your wonderful ability to detach so the second arrow arrives and that's when you have to push on through your meditation and try to get back to that beginning point that the beginner's mind that they talk about where you're meditating for the first time mm. and that's the that's the hard part but without that yeah you just get buried in rings and rings and rings of suffering mm-hmm. where you become attached to your ability to escape the last thing you know you kind of navigate through a maze and every time you find a way out you get attached to that, and then you got to find a way out of that maze because it creates one. <laughs> you know that uh, maybe it's not making sense to everybody, but it really is a head trip. Yeah. yeah. And the meditation allows you, if you stick with it, to calm the mind mm-hmm. and to let it drop off, not to become fixated. I think you um, have a made a really good point about the realness of some of those arrows. Um, but again, we can go back to the you know focusing on what you need. For Loss of a job, for example. I thought that was a great example. Loss of a job. So that's a real arrow, but think of all the other things you can do, all the other arrows you can shoot at yourself 
for losing that job? Yeah, what did I do? Wrong. Or whose fault is it? Somebody set me up. How, you know, mm-hmm. all the things that really don't matter now other than finding a new job. <laughs> you know, that's really the, what you need and to be focusing one of those on. moments where you have to go stop and shut your whole head off. Right. And go, okay, well, I still got to pay bills. I still got to eat. I still got to support a family. I still got to drive a car. I need a job. And those arrows will prevent you from doing what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the loss of the job can also be the opportunity to find a new job that seemingly mm-hmm. wanted to, mm-hmm. but didn't because you were holding yourself right. in this, I should keep this job because mm-hmm. I'm paying my bills, taking care of my family, and I really hate this job, <laughs> but I have to do all these things. I'm in this mental prison. So maybe it's a freeing thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. calming your mind allows you to at least contemplate. Different perspective. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get wider. Good. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Well, so the the first arrow comes from without, from outside. We didn't ask. Quite often. I'm sure we could be the archer of the the first arrow, but I think you're probably right. Many times it's from the outside. Yes, yes. And the second arrow comes from us, Mm. from our interpretation of the event. Mm -hmm. And that's where the practice of is that true becomes important. Mm. We have to look at what's going on inside our head and say, ooh, I made an assessment. Did I make the right assessment? Mm-hmm. And so that's, we have to stop and take stop and wait. Well, no, we have, don't, don't accept your first interpretation. Really look at it and say, is that helping me? Did mm-hmm. I do a good job? Mm-hmm. And if it didn't, change it. Because mm-hmm. that's going to be better for you. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes I think we also need to um, allow ourselves certain numbers of arrows to allow ourselves to forgive ourselves sometimes for not forgiving ourselves is an important um, task. And uh, it maybe adds one more arrow. Um, but, um, you know, as uh, Jerry pointed out, you know, these arrows are inevitable. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to come from both directions. Yeah. Don't always view them as an arrow. Sometimes they're a lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you mm-hmm. learn that lesson, you mm-hmm. learn something else about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge and opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could even go back to the, the whole concept of mindfulness, being mindful of that arrow. Mm-hmm. You know, what? Making note rather than the reaction. Mm-hmm. Just being mindful that this has happened, this is here. What do you do? I mean, have you ever seen a situation where something happened? Um, I, I, I have some friend, a friend or two who, you know, maybe something falls off a shelf and, and, and oh my gosh, they're just flying all over the place it, rather than picking it up and putting yeah. it back mm-hmm. on the shelf. Mm-hmm. There, there's six, seven more things. I mean, that was a very simple answer, but I'm sure you've seen situations where, um, you know, it, it just became more than it, what it needed to be. Yeah. You know, and, and became more drama than it needed to be rather than just reflecting, oh, that fell. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, um, yeah, I have a friend, a longtime friend who's very much like that. And um, I, I just kind of ponder why, 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 why so much. But maybe he's one of those people who feels he needs drama. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and analyze my friend, but yeah, it's, 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 I've noticed that. But not internalizing it, I think, is something that you're kind of getting at, too. It's amazing how much we take personally, even things that don't have anything to do with 
other persons. It yeah. can be something silly. But, you know, um, these inevitable arrows, um, there they are. Mm-hmm. Um, there they are. They're not who I am, but there they are. They do happen. If you're interested, please be sure and subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss future episodes. And for more information, be sure and visit us at dharmagatezen.org.